life was good. Your faith was strong. Then calamity struck and you turned away from God. Can your relationship ever be fully restored? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah has good news. While your faith may have weakened, Christ's love for you never did and never will. From Courage to Conquer, here's David with the conclusion of his message, Courage When Faith Deserts You. And we're so thankful that you've joined us here on Turning Point for this daily broadcast. My privilege is green. It's every day the opportunity to sit here and talk with you about the precious Word of God and know that what we're talking about has the great potential to change your life for this day, perhaps even for the future. One of the things I've learned about the Bible and from the Bible specifically is that it's a book of encouragement even for those who have failed. Did you know that the major accomplishments in the life of David took place after his major uh, flaw was revealed and the problems that he had with Bathsheba and Uriah the Hittite and all of the things that happened? God really forgave him. Much of what we read from David is after that. So you may have messed up. Um, People do. And you may not be able to go back to a leadership position that you once had. But God isn't finished with you if you're not finished with him. And I want to encourage you to hang on to the mercy and forgiveness and grace of God. If you have things to get right, get them right. But never give up on God because I promise you, my friend, he has not given up on you. And uh, we'll see more of that today as we open our Bibles to Romans chapter 8. How to have courage when faith deserts you. During the month of February, here's an ancillary project for you to tackle. Read this little 112-page book written by Rob Morgan. The book is called The Jordan River Rules. Uh, The byline is, the same God who led you out will lead you on. And I'll just tell you, when you read what Rob writes, you will be shocked at how very visible these rules are and You'll be wondering, how did I miss that when I read this before? And you'll be coming back again and again to grab hold of these rules and implement them in your life. This book is yours for the asking when you send a gift to Turning Point during the month of February. We thank you in advance for your generous gift, and it's our privilege to send this book to you to, um, well, to be a blessing to you and add value to your walk with the Lord. Okay, it's time for us to get started now with the last part of our discussion of Romans eight thirty-five to 39. This is courage when your faith deserts you. It begins right now. Martin Lloyd-Jones, who's a wonderful writer and student of the Word of God, says, we are not simply enabled by his love to hold on and not to fall away and not to falter. Neither is it the case that we just manage to obtain a victory. We are more than conquerors. It's a very strong expression. The Christian is not a man who manages somehow or another just to obtain an entrance into heaven. He is more than a conqueror. He not merely stands up to these trials. He demolishes them. He is able to overcome them completely. He doesn't just conquer them. He more than conquers them. And let us not forget that death is included. Everything that can possibly come against us is included. We are more than conquerors. Why? Well, look down and see what it says. Yet in these things, we are more than conquerors because we are courageous, because we've got it all together, because we know what. No, we are more than conquerors 
through him who loved us. The power of God's love is that which gives us the ability to walk through the things that might make us feel like our faith has deserted us. And in the midst of it, we look up and we remember what God has said and our strength returns. And in those troubles, we become a testimony to all of the watching world who don't understand how you can go through what you're going through. And you have to tell them it's because of the Lord. Well, what does that mean? Well, I don't know how to explain it except my God loves me and my Lord loves me and he's in the midst of all of this and he strengthens me and he helps me through this. That's one of the reasons why God trusts us with trouble, why he trusts us with difficulty. Because when everything's going right like it was for James and Kathy at the beginning of their marriage, how does God get glory from that? Oh, that's the health and wealth gospel personified. But how many of you know the health and wealth gospel isn't the gospel of God's word? The gospel of God's word includes trouble and difficulty and suffering and all of those things that Paul listed in the beginning of this passage. Well, you see, the glory of it all, men and women, is that in the midst of all of that, you and I become victorious. We climb on the bumps and we go up because of the success of God's love for us. He loves us so much that he enables us in the midst of our difficulty. It's very interesting that in this passage of scripture, Paul speaks of us as sheep. If you go back to the Psalm 44, 22 quote in verse 37, he tells us that we are sheep. He says, for this sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. And then in the next verse, he tells us that we have become conquerors. Now, I got to tell you something. There's a disconnect between a conquering sheep. Have you ever thought about that? If you want to know the reason why I'm convinced of that, We have the Rams in the NFL, but we have never had the sheep. You know, we have never had the sheep in the NFL. Now, we have had some teams that could have easily been called the sheep, and it wouldn't have been a disconnect at all, and I won't go there. But Paul says we're conquering sheep. This, of course, is figurative language, but the image is not meaningless. It is not ludicrous. In contrast to the world and its power, Christians are indeed weak and despised. They are helpless as a flock of sheep, but they are in fact conquerors because they have been loved by the Lord Jesus Christ and they have been made conquerors through him. The thing that is so amazing to people who watch a believer go through difficult times is that on the exterior we seem weak and feeble, but there's a strength within that no one can understand. When Paul talks about these things, he's referring to all the things that have been listed in the past section and all the things he's about to enumerate. And he makes it very clear that this conquest is due to God's love for us. The love of God and the love of Christ are one. And God's love for us is the centerpiece, as you know, from this whole chapter. The Bible speaks of us as being victorious, not being defeated. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. How? In Christ. 1 John 5, 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We are overcomers. We are, hey, we're super sheep. How about that? We're super sheep. And you're ready to go and meet the challenges of the day. Amen? Amen. All right, let's look at the third one and the last one. 
We take courage from the strength of Christ's love. We take courage from the success of Christ's love. Notice, thirdly, we take courage from the safety of Christ's love. Now watch what Paul is saying here. For I am persuaded, he said, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now let's pick this apart and unpack it for a moment and see what it says. The phrase, I am persuaded, is in the perfect tense in the language of the New Testament, and it could be translated like this. I have become and I remain convinced. Paul is saying, I have become and I remain convinced of these truths. There's a big difference between knowing something and being convinced of it, isn't there? I mean, in our heads, we know that God will take care of us, but are we convinced of that? We underline it in our Bibles. We put it in our notebook, you know, God will take care of me. But when you're in the midst of the soup and everything's coming unglued, it is only after you've been through that and you come out on the other side that you can say with Paul, I am convinced that this, this is true. One of the great blessings for me, and there were some, of my experiences with cancer was the ability for me to stand before my congregation and say, folks, everything I have been preaching to you for 20 years is true. And it is true, not only because it's in the Word of God, but because it works. Hear me carefully. God is enough. He's enough. Amen? He's enough. Now watch. Watch what Paul is teaching us here. He is not saying all this simply because he happens to have a particular feeling about this. He's not just hoping against hope. What he says is, I am certain. It is interesting to note that he puts this in the passive voice. It means I am persuaded. And what that means in the language of the New Testament is that the persuasion wasn't his own doing. It was done on the part of someone else and he benefits from it. I have become persuaded because of all of these things. Does not persuade himself. But he is persuaded by the love of God. And to make his point, he gives us another grocery list of 10 things which could possibly become a barrier between us and Christ. And he tells us that God's love protects us in all of these situations. I'm going to take them carefully and we're just going to look at them quickly. And you're going to find yourself in some of these paragraphs. Watch. Nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. First, not the crisis of death nor the calamities of life. Neither death nor life, says Paul. Paul was not frightened by death. He knew that Christ had eliminated death's power for those who were in Christ. 2 Timothy 1.10 says, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Paul knew that death wasn't capable of hurting him. It was the shadow of death. Death was only the translation for Paul out of the challenges of his life and into the presence of God. He actually said one time, for me to die is gain. In other words, this is an advantage. Paul wasn't afraid of death. Death couldn't touch him. And he wasn't afraid of life either. Some people say that you get to a point in your life where life's harder than death. I don't know if any of you are there yet. I hope not, but it can be true. And for a believer, sometimes... Death would be the easier route than living your life under the pressure of tyranny like some of the people who have been persecuted for their faith around the world. More people have lost their life for their faith in the time you and I have been living than in all of the time prior to that in the history of the world. Most people don't understand that. 
And for people like that who are under severe persecution for them, life is hard. Death would be easy. What Paul is saying is, I am convinced that not the crisis of death nor the calamities of life can ever separate me from God's love. Secondly, he says, not the intervention of angels nor the intrusion of demons. Neither angels nor principalities or powers. Many writers believe that he's talking here about evil angels. And I don't know if you believe in evil angels, but if you don't believe in them, you need to read your Bible. Because the Bible teaches that there are evil angels. We call them demons. And there's a whole network of them. And they're doing a pretty good work as far as you look today in their own domain. They're creating all kinds of stress and difficulty in our world. And I've been overwhelmed and amazed at how much of the literature and the arts have moved progressively toward satanic involvement and demonic involvement. I never thought I would ever turn on the television where there would be a whole sitcom devoted to demonic activity and and all of this sort of thing. And Paul says, let me tell you something. You may get caught up in that. You might get intimidated by it. But hear what he says. Not the intervention of angels or the intrusion of demons. Neither angels or principalities can separate you from God's love. You are protected by the love of God. Notice the third one. Not the crisis of death nor the calamities of life. Not the intervention of angels nor the intrusion of demons. Not the cares of today or the concerns of tomorrow. Things present or things to come, he says. This is a concern along the horizontal line. Paul says that on the continuing between the present and the future, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. You say, is that true? Absolutely true. Paul not only is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's writing on the basis of his own personal experience and walking with God throughout all of his life. And he is saying, not anything present, not anything future can separate God's love from you or you from God's love. If you go back over Romans chapter 8, you'll discover that the present cannot harm us. Romans 8.31 says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.33 says, who can bring a charge against God's elect? Romans 8.34 says, who is he that condemns? And all of those are rhetorical questions. There's no one. There's nobody that can get to you if you're a believer because you're hidden in Christ, in God. How are they going to penetrate that? You are his. And he has surrounded you and encapsulated you in his marvelous love for you as an individual. And nothing in the future can sneak up on you either. Because we are told in the word of God that Jesus Christ is in complete authority. Matthew says all authority is given unto him. Just keep mounting the evidence here, my friends. I hope this is building some strength in your spiritual muscles. Not the crisis of death nor the calamities of life. Not the intervention of angels nor the intrusion of demons. Not the cares of today nor the concerns of tomorrow. Not the afflictions from heaven nor the advances of hell. Neither height nor depth, he says. And this is a concern along the vertical line. If time cannot separate us from God, Paul wants us to know space can't separate us either. We are safe in the arms of God's love. And finally, he ends it all with one masterful statement. Not anything actual or possible. And here's what he says. Nor any other created thing. Now, you might not get the point of that unless you stop and think about this for a moment. Just grab hold of your logic And let me tell you what he's saying. Not any other created thing. Since only God himself is uncreated, everyone else and everything else is created. 
So this is a comprehensive statement that Paul is making to assure us that nothing is left out of his list. Everything is under the control of God the Creator and of the Lord Jesus Christ, so nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not any created thing. What is that? That means nothing. Because everything beside God is created. And so nothing can separate us from the love of God. Now, here is your assignment. Every time you begin to think God has forgotten you, you pull out Paul's list and you just go through and check it out and see if you aren't covered under the insurance program. I guarantee you there's no loopholes here. There's no place where you can hide. If you want to know the truth, God's word declares you're covered. Your claim will be paid. God has provided for you in his everlasting love. Nothing in our world seems stable anymore. Insecurity is written all over our human experience. Christian people are not guaranteed immunity to temptation, and problems, and tragedy. But we are promised to have victory in the midst of them. And God's pledge is not that suffering will never afflict us, but that it will never separate us from God's love. You're going to hurt. All of us will. You're going to face challenges you don't know what to do with. But what you have to remember in the midst of this, you, our loved. We sing in our Sunday school growing up, Jesus loves me, this I know. And someone turned it upside down and changed the words and said, Jesus knows me, this I love. (laughs) That's great truth, isn't it? Jesus knows me, this I love, and Jesus loves me, this I know. Remember, friends, our confidence here is not in our love for him. That wouldn't bring us a great deal of encouragement, would it? Because our love for him is frail and fickle and faltering. But his love for us is steadfast and faithful and persevering. And it never, ever ends. Nor can we be separated from it if we are in Christ. Some classical poet wrote it this way. Let me not more my comfort draw from my frail hold of thee. In this alone rejoice with all your mighty grasp of me. In other words, the poet says, don't let me take any courage in my ability to love you, Lord. But let me take courage in this truth. you got a hold of me. you got a hold of me, Lord. And in this situation I'm in, this problem I'm facing, this I know. Jesus loves me. And I'm in his care. George Matheson was born in Glasgow, Scotland in 1842. As a child, he had only partial vision And his sight became progressively worse. This was long before they were able to deal with uh, the sight problems of children. Until it resulted in blindness by the time he was 18. But despite his handicap, he was a brilliant student. He studied at the University of Glasgow and later he graduated from seminary. And he became the pastor of several churches in Scotland, including a large church in Edinburgh, where he was greatly respected and greatly loved. After he had been engaged to a young woman for a short time, one day she came to see him and she broke the engagement because she said she could not be happy being married to a blind man. George Matheson was crushed. No doubt he wondered where his God was in that painful moment. But he did not wonder for long. 
This painful disappointment in romantic love led Matheson to write the beautiful song which begins with this stanza, O love that will not let me go, I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe, that in thine ocean depths its flow may richer, fuller be. O love that will not let me go. The love of his girlfriend let him go. As we look around in the world today, relationships are fickle. It's so easy to think you have friends and all of a sudden they do things you can't imagine them doing and they hurt you. And you come back to this truth of Romans 8. You cannot be separated from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. God's love is the love that will not let you go. We could not hold on, but God won't let go. That's why you can be strong. And when your faith starts to waver and you're going through difficulty, you got to stop. Don't say, I need to love God more. No, get in the Word of God and find out how much He loves you. That'll take care of it. That'll remind you how secure you are, how safe you are, and how successful you are in your relationship with God. Brenning Manning tells the story of an Irish priest who was walking on a tour one day out in a rural parish. And he sees an old peasant kneeling by the side of the road. And this old peasant is praying. And the priest was so impressed, he said to the man, you must be very close to God. And the peasant looks up from his prayers, thinks for a moment, and then he smiles and he said, yes, he's very fond of me. He's very fond of me. You know, if we're close to God, it is primarily first and foremost because he's very fond of us. We only can love him because he loves us. The Bible says that when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. But God is the initial one. And oh, how wonderful it is when you're going through stuff, when your faith is a little shaky, to remember, if you don't remember anything else, remember this. God is very fond of you. He loves you with an everlasting love. It's a love so strong, nothing can separate it. It's a love so strong that you are safe in the midst of it. That's the story of Romans 8. God is very fond of us. His love will see us through the darkest night, and his love will be the shining sun that greets us in the morning. And the question you have to ask yourself today is, do I know that love? Have I accepted the gift of God's love through Jesus Christ in my heart? My friends, I tell you today, if I were not a Christian, I wouldn't want to go forward. I would be discouraged and dismayed and filled with despair. But I am in the hands of a loving God. And I cannot escape. I cannot be separated from his love. And if you do not know God personally through a relationship with Jesus Christ, my strongest message today for you is to say, please get in the family. It's hard on the outside. When you know God and you know how much he's loved you, not anything that can happen in your life that you and God can't get through together because he's so fond of you. He loves you. Amen. Amen. Isn't the word of God rich and encouraging? Doesn't it make you stop and wonder why you're doubting? (laughs) God's word and especially the way the Word of God uh, reveals God Himself is such a blessing to us during these days. And it's such a thrill for me 
to be the deliverer of the Word of God to you on a daily basis. Thank you so much for being with us and making 2022 a year when the Bible is pivotal in your life. We want to keep telling you about this book by Rob Morgan. I told you a little bit about it up front. Let me just kind of uh, walk out of here with that on my on my lips and tell you that Rob Morgan's book, The Jordan River Rules, is yours for the gift of any size to Turning Point during February. Uh, this 112-page hardback gift book is filled with lessons to help you live your life in Christ. And um, whatever Rob writes, he preaches in my church every year, more than once usually. And every, every time he does, people tell me what a blessing he is. And he'll be a blessing to you in this book. We want you to have it. It's yours for a gift of any size during the month of February. Sit down today and write that note and send a gift and be sure and ask for your copy of The Jordan River Rules by Rob Morgan. We'll see you on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend. The message you just heard came to you from Shadow Mountain Community Church, where Dr. David Jeremiah serves as senior pastor. How are you being blessed by Turning Point? Write us at Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of Robert J. Morgan's book, The Jordan River Rules. Ten God-given strategies for moving forward. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet. Or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to access our programs and resources. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as we continue the series Courage to Conquer here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. If you're ready to move towards the promises God has given you this year, then you'll love The Jordan River Rules, written by Robert Morgan. You'll learn 10 God-given strategies for moving forward, including how to encircle obstacles with biblical faith. This encouraging hardcover is yours with a gift of any amount to Turning Point this month. And when you give $70 or more, you'll also receive the Courage to Conquer set, featuring Dr. Jeremiah's teaching series, companion study guide, and bookmark. Request yours at davidjeremiah.ca. In all we do each day, Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point work to make a global impact for the kingdom of God. But we can't do it alone. That's where Bible Strong Partners come in. These loyal monthly supporters form the foundation of Turning Point, allowing Dr. Jeremiah to teach the whole counsel of God. Partnering with Turning Point enables you to share in the eternal impact of this ministry, leading people to Christ through our media and printed resources, multiplying Bible teaching broadcasts, presenting the gospel around the globe, and strengthening the saints. In appreciation for your partnership, Turning Point wants to provide you with exclusive monthly resources and study guides, member-only communications, an on-demand library of study content, and so much more. Are you ready to see what the Lord will do? Let's expect to change the world together. Go to davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong to become a BibleStrong partner today. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash BibleStrong. The greatest English poet of the Middle Ages, Geoffrey Chaucer, won his reputation with advice like this. My son, he wrote, keep well thy tongue and keep thy friend. And that was true in the Middle Ages, and it is true today. 
Gossip destroys friendships quicker than anything. That was also true some 2,500 years before Chaucer. Twice in the book of Proverbs, we read that a whisperer or a person who repeats a matter is a person who separates the best of friends. If you have a friend and you want to keep him or her, take Chaucer's or Solomon's advice. Now, this is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's way to be a trusted friend on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home. Log on to Route66life.com and get your roadmap for life. Route 66, start your journey home today. Today.